But my guest tonight, Magic Mike Sauce, and I'm your host, Larry. Thanks for joining. I see you in a Cincinnati Reds jersey. And congrats to you and your team because you guys stormed into the playoffs this year. Stormed in. Stormed in. They are the team you don't want to play in this first round. Absolutely not. We won. We were 15 and 21 after losing to St. Louis 16 to 2. And then we went on a 16 to eight run to finish this, to finish the rest of the slate. Yeah, it's amazing. It must've felt like you just weren't going to make the playoffs at that point. Oh, I mean, I, I mean, even during the like finishing off, like I didn't, I wasn't anticipating sniffing the playoffs, but here we are. Yeah. So, uh, did you grow up in Cincinnati or the Cincinnati area? Yeah, born and raised. Um, I lived, I think, for like a very small period of like a year in my life when I was like two. We lived in Indianapolis, but otherwise, Cincinnati, born and bred, and cursed to love the Bengals and Reds uh-huh. and anything Cincinnati sports. Yeah. Well, okay, so the story, I guess, this season for the Reds has to be their rotation. I, I think the best in baseball. And I mean, for sure. I, I mean, I knew Bauer was going to have a pretty good year, but he is just blown off the doors. Um, and particularly like, like he's like super engaging with fans. Like, I mean, I've been following his like YouTube channel and like every week he comes up with like a new vlog, like just like logging the whole spirit experience of COVID and it's just fantastic. And then you've got Luis Castillo, who had like a little middle blip that wasn't great, but lately he's been absolutely on fire. He's got the best changeup in baseball. Um, and then Sonny Gray is back from injury, and he had his first game back and did like five and two thirds and was totally fine. Um, so I mean, our our first three people out of the gate are going to be hard for teams to go against. Yeah, and I think that's going to be especially important in the first rounds where it's a three games, best of three game series. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, Atlanta's tough. Are you worried about the Braves? You know, I'll be honest. I, I'm very, uh, I feel like it might be a symptom of Cincinnati fandom, but like I have very much blinders on when it comes to the rest of every league. Like every time the NFL starts, every time the MLB season starts, like we'll play a team. And I'm like, he's on that team. I thought he was a you know pirate for the last eight years. And then it's like, Oh no, he's been to two different teams since he was a pirate. Um, and so I, I honestly don't know much about Atlanta. I know they've got a really solid uh, starter going against us game one. Um, and you know, they've got Adam Duvall, um, we used to have him, but other than that, I, I honestly, I'm very poorly prepared when it comes to knowing the other team. Yeah. I, I mean, I, 
I used to be really into baseball and then kind of just became a casual fan for a while. And then this season, because it was the first sport back, I was watching a bit more. And I had the same experience of like either not knowing who any of these guys were or seeing them and be like, oh, yeah, I remember when he was on the Rays or something like that. Right. Yeah. So Trevor Bauer, I'm just bringing up his stats right now. It's he... Wow, a 12.3 strikeouts per nine. He, he's got to be one of the he's one of the candidates, at least, for the NL Cy Young. If, if he doesn't get it, the only reason I think he wouldn't get it is because of how outspoken he's been against league, the league office. Oh, really? Like, I mean, because, I mean, every day he tweets something that, like, if I was Rob Manfred, I'd be pissed at. Like, like today it was, um, he said... Oh, it's very interesting. Um, for the wild card round, home team, the home teams can have their family members come to the games, but visiting players can't have their home, can't have their family members with them. Huh. I wonder why that is. Does anybody know? And then like, he was like, talking about the bubble and like how like the bubble is including hotels that like the public stays at. So like, is that a bubble? Right. Um, yeah. And most of the season I feel like has him been like poking mob Rob Manfred. Um, I mean, deservedly so. Yeah. I mean, there was a lot to poke, especially as they were trying to figure out what the season would entail. Yeah. And, and, and as far as the Cy Young, I mean, he's had one start that was like, not a quality start like everything else has just been one run if you're lucky you're gonna get two um and most of his runs i think have come from home runs other than that like you're not getting to the guy um and he's just like his last outing was absolutely nuts he was he was coming off of three days rest and he pitched eight innings of one run baseball with uh 10 strikeouts in the last inning, he did like three strikeouts in a row with runners on the corners and no out. It was unbelievable. That is unbelievable. Um, yeah, so he would he would get the ball at game one, and I guess Castillo game two. Yeah, Castillo game two and Sonny Gray game three. Yeah. So with uh, I guess turning to their offense, it's it's an interesting offense because I know they have the lowest batting average in all the majors. I saw that stat the yes. other day, but they're not like a terrible group of hitters. I guess they rely a lot on the home run. Yeah. In fact, like a buddy of mine, I were texting like just in these last few games with the, 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 um, the Brewers and then the twins to finish. Like we actually scored for the first time, like in almost, I think probably all season, like most of our runs for like a whole series were non home run. Like, cause literally like two of the three games we won against the Brewers every single run was a home run and it's like it's hard to keep that up but if they're raking you know yeah. they're raking and and when you're starting pitching doing what they're doing i'll take a few more strikeouts if it means dudes going yard yeah it's it's almost like they're all it's it's a whole team of adam dunn's now <laughs> adam dunn oh man dunner what a what an enigma of a hum, human being yeah. they did a um i can't remember which thing online i think it was sports nation or somebody they did like a breakdown of why he is the most unique baseball or the most efficient baseball player in history because he always had like a pure the like pure result like either it was a walk or a home run 
or strike out right. like every time oh, almost. He would never and, put the ball in play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I think there was he had maybe three seasons in a row where he hit exactly 40 home runs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. His, his, his first six, I think first six or seven seasons with the Reds was like 40 home runs, 42, 43. Like it, every year it's like Dunner's going to give you 40 home runs. He's going to give you 250 strikeouts. <laughs> and he's going to give you a ton of walks, though. He did get on base, and that was awesome, which is crazy considering how huge he is. Yeah, how big his strike zone is. Yeah. Uh, okay, so who, who's been like standout of the uh, of the everyday players for the Reds this year? Um, well, it's it's they seem to like kind of take a um, like turn system because at some point it's like um, lately it's been Shogo Akiyama has finally started to hit because he's finally being David Bell has finally decided. Oh yeah, the guy who's from Japan, we should probably get him in there every day so he can get experience because he started out platooning him and we're paying him like $10 million a year to be a platoon guy. I don't think so, but he's been raking lately. Um, Moustakis has been very good and clutch. Um, Eugenio Suarez, he's been not, he's like basically um, the Mendoza line, but he's got like 15 home runs. Um, Joey Votto has come around. He fixed his He's, he's been doing this thing lately where he'll start the season out with a very like crouched position. He'll be choking up on the bat like eight inches and just everything in his, his, his uh, mechanics is so just like it just balled up in this like tension. And the last two, the last month of the season, he's just been standing up and being like a tall batter. And it's, it's brought a lot of power back and he's been hitting much better. I think, um, and Cassiano started out absolutely bananas. He was batting like 350 for the first month, um, absolutely raking. Like every other game, it was like double home run. And we're on, he's on a uh, three-year or four-year deal with a first-year player option. And the first month, I'm like, he's basically playing himself out of a contract at the Reds because like he was he was proving he was going to be like a 25 million dollar a year player, but that's completely come down. Um, Winker started out super hot too. He's cooled off. It's there's been like guys who have these like two, three weeks of just like, bam, they're killing it. And then they go stone cold, but luckily somebody else is picking it up. And that's, uh, that's such a weird deal. The, what the first year player option. Yeah. He could have opted out. Yeah, I don't. I don't know why. I, when he signed, I guess I completely missed that because I was like, "Oh, this is a great deal." And then, like, as he started to perform, I I was hearing it from people like, you know, he's got this player option. I was like, "Oh, fuck! God damn it! We're gonna have this awesome year." And then, like, he's just gonna, you know, he's gonna go to New York. He's gonna go to L.A. Um, but you know, at, at first, like, he was pissed off because they want to DH him. And he's like, no, I want a right field. And it's like, well, you're not a very good right fielder, but he's been working on it. And he's been really pretty solid ever, ever since the one like week he had a bad error. So he's reliable. Nice. And uh, you, you were saying about Vado, how he like kind of changes his stance and he does that. This is something he does uh, in other seasons as well. Yeah. He, he did it. I feel like he did it the last couple of seasons, at least, um, I know last year he definitely did it because um, a couple of years ago, he two, three years ago, he had this thing where like 
April and May, Votto was batting 150 to 200. He was absolute just, you know, just fodder for talk radio and guys calling in and be like, why are they paying him $21.2 million a year? This is the worst contract in the history of Cincinnati sport, whatever. And then, and then like the second, like June hits from June to the end of the year, he, he'll bat like 350 and like puts together like two, like they, there was another video thing that I watched that was like, he put together uh, They're trying to figure out who could be the best chance of doing 400 this year. And they argued that Votto was one of the people because he had a couple of like half seasons where he was batting close to 400 just in that season. But because of the early stuff where he was like fine tooling his swing. Um, I know one year people were upset with him with his swing and he was like, um, you don't, he said something about like, he compared his swing to being a Ferrari and it's like, you don't just, you know, go straight warm out of the gate. Like you, you got to fine tune some things to really make the Ferrari move. And people didn't like that, but I like that. Votto's, Votto's like the coolest guy on the team, but also like the, probably the weirdest guy on the team. Interesting. And yeah, I mean, he might be going through the exact same process this year, except it took till almost the end of the shortened season to actually find that swing, which would be perfect. Yeah. The playoffs. Yeah, and it, it, it's funny because like he's got so much power still in the swing, but when he like chokes up and does all that stuff, it, I feel like a lot of that power goes away, and it it just kind of relegates him to being this like slap hit player. Um, I mean, he was still hitting home runs. Don't get me wrong, with the like really high bat choking, but like not like he was, you know, five, six, seven years ago. Yeah. So who? Uh... Who's standing out in their bullpen this year? If and their bullpen is probably their weak point, right? Yeah, I mean, to start the season, it was like the second the bullpen got in the game, like you just like put your hands over your eyes and just hoped and prayed that they could get three outs. Um, Rysel Iglesias has been very good of late. Um, Michael Lorenzen as well. Um, they pulled him in. Uh, he started the year just absolute like garbage. I was surprised he didn't get called down, you know, put down to the training thing and then called back up. But he, as of late, like he came in for a couple of, cause he's, he's kind of a long relief guy. Um, and also hits, um, he's just absolutely jacked. Um, but he came in for, yeah, he's, he's got these giant arms for like a pitcher. Does he, Uh, is he in the lineup a lot or sometimes? Um, he, they actually, they'll use him as a pinch runner, um, a lot. Um, they'll pinch hit with, they used to pinch hit with him more frequently when there was no DH, but this year he hasn't gotten nearly as much hitting, but he does field. Um, they'll put him in at center field sometimes. Um, but this year he started off really bad and lately he was spot starting for the fifth starter. Um, he had like his last two, his last two outings, I think he had two, like five, inning games as a spot starter and only gave up maybe one run each time. Um, he's been really solid. Lucas Sims is another guy of ours who has just one of some, some really nasty um, off speed stuff. Um, those are our three main guys. Um, everybody else. It's kind of just like you hope we don't have to use them because you know, most of those, most of our starters you can, you can, Oh, uh, you can, you can, guarantee hopefully six seven with them 
Um, and also Amir Garrett has been uh, a total badass out of the pen too. Uh, but he's more of a lefty specialist. They try to use him pretty sparingly, but when he's in there, he generally, he doesn't let guys, I think last week was his first time in like the last like 18 batters where the first batter got on. So uh, I, he's guess, pretty solid. I guess he's yeah. one of those guys where they bring him in knowing that he's going to face a lefty. So if he yeah. doesn't get that guy out, he's kind of not doing what he's there for. Exactly. Yeah. And Sonny Gray, I remember when Sonny Gray was on the Yankees like two years ago and just all of a sudden sucked. But now yeah. he's back to his great form. Yeah. So, all right. So Joey Votto, um, I mean, he's is he the only guy in this lineup that was there the last time the Reds were in the playoffs? Or when was the last time the Reds were in the playoffs? Probably like... 2015, I think, was our last. Uh, it was like a one-game wild card against the Pirates, and I think it was Johnny Cueto, and Johnny Cueto got rocked. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think maybe Tucker. No, I don't think Tucker Barnhart was even. No, he might have been the backup catcher then. But yeah, I think pretty much it's just Joey. Uh, it's been a pretty much full rebuild lately. But it seems like that. I mean, they're obviously doing a great job with that. Are they the the front office? Do they seem to be kind of in the mindset of like sabermetrics and? forward thinking in that way. I'm I'm only wondering that because of the fact that they are the team that has like the three true outcomes that is just going for the long ball and barely gets on base. Yeah. Um, we, I, if you would have asked me that like a year or two ago, I would have said definitely not. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the off season, uh, one of our, I mean, we, after picking up Castellanos, Moustakas, um, those main guys, we also did pick up like, a big like saber metrics, like statistician guy who like was, I can't remember his name, but he was really lauded and people were excited about him. So I think that the, the front office is definitely in that direction. Um, I don't know how much in that direction, but I mean, we're definitely getting some sort of results from it. Um, David Bell is very, at times David Bell is very, uh, sabermetrics the way he manages the club uh at other times it's he he goes full like dusty baker and it's like <laughs> oh there's a lefty in well here's my right hand to line up you know um like or just the other week uh or just uh earlier last week um there was one inning where the reds used i think four pinch hitters in a row like because they put in a lefty and so we had like a bunch of guys so we're like well we can't let this guy hit against the lefty god forbid and it's like well if he never gets to hit against the lefty how the hell are you gonna know if he can ever even hit so it, it was just and like people are just going crazy but david bell's made a lot of things lately this season where you're like what are you doing but um he i he's very analytical for sure um so i, I think a lot of the times he is playing those matchups and playing you know different things that he has um that maybe the the plebeians don't know or don't see but, <laughs> so yeah. you're saying the whole like righty lefty thing is that is the newer school of thought that you don't need to platoon as much or or face the opposite side hitter as much i don't know i i just remember like 
anytime, like it, it didn't even matter like what that guy was hitting against lefties or, or, or I against see, the yeah. same hand that he hits with. Like it would like, they'd be pulling in this guy and it's like, well, wait a minute, that guy hits lefties worse than this guy. And he's a righty just because he's a righty. You're going to bring him in. It, you know, I, I don't know how much of that. Um, I still need to read Moneyball. Um, but <laughs> I, I, I picked it up at the half price bookstore when I was back home and, uh, September, but um, yeah, I, I don't know how much of that is tied to that, but um, at times it's just like, come on, just let the guy hit. Like, you know, he's a 300 hitter. Why pull him for, you know? Yeah. But. I think, I, I guess in general, right, you still do better against lefties and vice versa, but right. Hitting yeah, guys. in general. But I guess a lot of players have, have, uh, uh, like fine tune their swing so that that's not so much the case. And then you shouldn't play those splits like you would like a dusty Baker would think to do. Right. So this David Bell, is it the David Bell um, who he was on the Phillies, like a third baseman on the Phillies or something? Yeah. He's, he's part of the, the Bell family. I, I think his his a couple of his, like I think his grandfather and his dad played for the Reds. Like, oh, wow. yeah. Like if, if you're a Bell, like you're going to, somehow get pulled into Cincinnati <laughs> by virtue of your last name. Yeah. Well, Aaron Boone's also a manager right now. Yeah. And we, we had Brett Boone and we had Aaron Boone and we had his dad, Bob Boone was the coach. Wow. So it's, if, it's he ever, if he ever wants to come get a job in Cincinnati, he can just walk through the door. Yeah. I think he'll have to wait after Barry Larkin takes his chance in, you know, three, four years, but right, right, right. And maybe, maybe his son, Shane Larkin will get a chance. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, so what's the, uh, if you had to predict this series, what are you saying? Um, I just I like our starters too much to to not say when. However, being a Cincinnati fan as long as I have been, I'm 33 years old. I've never been cognizant of a um, of a Reds Reds or Bengals championship. Uh, the the last playoff series that the that Cincinnati won, either football or baseball, was in '95 when we made it to the NLCS against the Braves. Um, so it's been 25 years since we won a playoff series in either sport. Um, I think this year's we're going to get it. I think it'll be two-one. I think uh, we'll win with Trevor. Um, we tend to not have great run support for him though, so. Uh, it'll be a close one, um, but I think Trevor will win. I think it'll be a close battle with Castillo, and I think Sonny Gray will have a eight-inning, like, dominant thing for game three. I think we take it two, one, and three. Nice. I like it. I, I'm picking the Reds, too. Nice. So, best of luck to you and the Reds. Uh, I hope you make it to the next round, and uh, if they do, maybe talk again. Excellent. Yeah. All right. Uh, anything you'd like to plug before we leave? Um, oh, I guess I, I do uh, character work with the Armory. I also do sketch with them. My character team is Mary Tyler and more. Um, our next show is October the 7th on Zoom at 7 o'clock. Um, I think it's October. Yeah, October 7th, 7 o'clock. Um, I'm also on their sketch team, uh, Reply All. Um, and yeah. Uh, that's pretty much it for me. Awesome. Make sure to check all that out on the armory-comedy.com. 
I, of course, am at Larry the Athlete on all social media. You could subscribe to Larry Knows Sports wherever you listen to podcasts. May all your dreams be hoop dreams, and may the rest of your days be days of thunder.